0: Thank y'all for coming into the Discovery Cafe. Well, the Calf. Conversation. You know, I've been I've been thinking about changing the name from the Calf Hip Hop Podcast to The Conversation in the Calf. Or Conversations in the Calf. Presented by No no no. Conversations in the Calf Hip Hop Podcast. Is that too long? Or should I just keep it at the calf? hip-hop podcast i don't know i don't know but it's a nice cool sunday here in houston texas april 24th 2022 a dope 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 day it's god's day you know if you're a believer of christ it's the day of the rest and that's what we're doing today we're resting we're going to come talk about some music, talk about some things that are circulating, some 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 things that I really, really, really um, thought was a little bit more interesting that I have a little something to say about. But then we're going to read this review that is of Pusha T's recent album, It's Almost Dry. So let's go ahead and get into it vibe about you know i really wish we had like a phone line that's something that i really really wish you know once we start gathering this fan base you know once we start gathering this community you know i really want to implement a phone line so we can communicate with y'all you know what i mean with y'all the fans you know i'm not even gonna say fans y'all the community y'all the listeners you know, because I want to be involved, you know, because podcasting isn't about the podcaster itself or the podcasters, but it's about the entity. It's about the whole thing. It's about the fan. I mean, not the fan. Sorry, I'll keep saying fans. It's about podcasters, about the listeners, about the feedback. You know, it's about a lot of entities and, you know, I really want to be a part of this world. So y'all share it, like it, love it, all that crap let's get into some stuff let's get into some stuff uh the first thing i want to get into the first person that i kind of want to get into today is logic y'all know logic the biracial guy pretty good lyricist in my opinion pretty good lyricist um definitely doesn't have any new material that's for sure He's a good rhymer, but the only thing is, I feel like he has nothing to talk about. So the only thing he can kind of really talk about is, I guess, being the best rhymer out of everyone, being a good lyricist and stuff like that. You know, that old school stuff that we've seen um, from like the late eighties to nineties and stuff like, or like no, no, like seventies to eighties. A lot of people just rapping about how good their skills are. And that's, every time he drops something, he's always talking about how he's good at rhyming and stuff like that, and this, that, and the third. It's kind of repetitive. Not very entertaining. Very monotone. He's a very monotone artist. Well, you know what? We're not even going to just, we're not reviewing Logic as an artist. We're reviewing, or we're talking about what he has said. So, the article says, Logic calls out Def Jam for fucking up his releases. Alright, I ain't taking no more shit, is what Logic said. <sighs> Let me just read exactly what this man said, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it afterwards. Def Jam, why are you fucking up my releases, man? First of all, I love you, Tunjai. Tunjai Magai, I guess is someone... That has to do with Def Jam, some kind of assistant. Someone, you know, that's connected between the actual label and him. You know, there's always that one guy that kind of keeps tabs and stuff with, whatever. He ain't got nothing to do with this. What the fuck is going on, man? I told Def Jam that I wanted to release my shit as a two-pack. And I just found out that they're releasing or they're re-releasing it as two singles at the same time. What kind of shit is that? On top of that, they're telling me, oh, don't drop your music video early, because if you do, you might upset our partners who feel like YouTube's getting an exclusive. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I care about my fans, man. I care about hip-hop. I care about music. Sounds like it's corny. <laughs> And I'm going to be honest. Years ago, I was playing that game. Don't do this. Releases on this shit. All for the brand and the money and trying to be fucking extra. I don't give a fuck about none of that, man. I have a baby. I have a wife. I'm blessed, bro. I made it. And now I'm here at this place and I ain't taking no one's shit. I got some shit to say about this guy, dude. I have some shit to say about this dude. You know, when Logic first came up, he actually was actually a pretty decent artist. Um, I didn't really gravitate to him before, and I really don't gravitate, him to, uh, gravitate to him now. But I acknowledge his skills. I acknowledge his craft. And, you know, to be honest, he's probably one of the the few uh, uh, best, you know, hip-hop artists out in the game. Especially within this age group. I have to give him that. For sure. I have to give him that. The only thing that I'm just, like, very, very, like, how you say, conflicted over is him actually signing to Def Jam. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of people nowadays that are coming out and saying, fuck the music industry, fuck the labels, which could be true, which could be true for sure. A lot of people are coming out and saying that. And it's crazy, the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, A lot of those people that are coming out and saying, fuck this, fuck that, fuck the label, fuck, blah, 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 are the people that are new and upcoming or don't have this big, big, big kind of, what am I trying to say? This big following, you can say, right? A lot of them are just saying that because of some bullshit, like, a person an artist goes to a record label let's just hypothetically say def jam goes to jeff De- uh, def jam goes in performs for them hey i want to get signed i want that i want i want that million dollar deal i keep hearing about they go in start talking this that and the third and then they like, okay we want to sign you right we want to sign you right Then the other person says, well, uh, you know, okay, perfect. I want to get signed. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. The artist says, I want to get signed. The record label gives you, the record label gives you the contract. All right. Now, a lot of times, a lot of times, these younger artists, they don't really give a fuck what's in the contract per se. The only thing that they really give a fuck about is the dollar signs. That's all I care about. They say, they look at it and they see uh, $250,000. They're signing. They're signing. They're going to skim through the contract and try to act like they're reading it. Uh, oh, let me look at this contract, Ripper. I, I, I'm going to get back to y'all tomorrow. Let me get back. They're, they're calling all their homies. Hey, I'm rich, bitch. You know what I mean? You feel what I'm saying? They want the money signs. So they sign it. They sign it. But what they don't fucking know. Only because they're ignorant to the music industry. They're ignorant to it. They're just kind of, you know, again, they're just focused on the money. They're focused on that money. Money talks. Money talks louder than all words. They sign it and then they come out and say that they're trapped. They're trapped. <laughs> you know, it's like a rabbit with with a conscience in the primal ages. A caveman, a random nigga makes a trap but the rabbit has a conscience. Even though the conscience isn't as expansive as the human mind. They have a conscience and they they think and they react. They look at a cage with a little carrot in it. In their mind, they're like, yo, I always eat my carrots from the ground. I get my own carrots. I pick my own carrots. I get all these carrots. You know what I mean? All these carrots are it." Then they look at this cage and they like, Yo, that looks like it could capture me. But there's one opening. There's one opening in. It doesn't seem like there's an opening out. But there's a carrot in there and I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Ooh, I'm hungry. I need a carrot. The primal guy comes at him and be like, hey, yeah, you want that carrot? Rabbit's like, yeah, I want the carrot. I'm hungry. I need that carrot. And he's like, okay, well, here's the deal. You go in there, you go in there, you can have the carrot. You can have the carrot, eat it, love it, suck on it, fuck it. Whatever you want to do with the carrot is yours. But the only thing is, once you go in there, you can't come out until two years. Right? I'll give you carrots every once in a while just to make sure you don't starve to death, but you can't come out of there until two years. He goes in, he gets the carrot, and then a year later, he starts complaining, I want out. I want out. I want out this cage. I don't want to be here no more. Yeah, I, I, I agree to it, but I don't want to be in here no more. That's the That's what logic's in right now. That's what the fuck logic, he talk about, he talking about, he made it, quote unquote, I made it. I'm blessed, bro. I made it. Yeah, you made it, but why the fuck did you make it? How did you make it? Of course, it had a lot to do with your music understandable, there's a lot of great artists out there, you are a good artist, you always have, you always will, more likely, but, but, who gave them connections, who plays you on YouTube, who put you in the front page of YouTube, who promoted you, who did this, who did that, who did this? Yeah, you have this this following and this culture and this cult that you made before the deal. But who expanded that cult into something a little bit more bigger, a little bit more profitable, a little bit more of everything? Who did that? The record label. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not siding with the record label. Alright, I'm not an artist, so I can't... I don't know what's going on in the record label. I don't know what's going on with him with the record label. I don't have no idea. But what I do know is... What I do know is... When you sign to a label... When you sign to a record label... Especially as big as as Death Jam... They're going to take your community and your cult... And they're going to expand that. So not only you getting more listeners... More fans, more money, ching, 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 ching. but they also get more money. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Yeah, 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 they get way more money than you do. Okay, when you first came up in the rap game, you were probably making just throwing that number there, and you know, it can be related to any number. You were making 10k, you were making 10k. Every every mm, every couple months. 10k every couple months. Right? You're hungry. You was like, damn, I'm making 10k every couple months. I'm making 50k a year. This is dope. But if I sign to this label, I'm making 250k a month. But all I have to do is give up some freedom. All I have to do is just listen to them a little bit. Their partners are the one that's paying them. That's paying him. That's paying me. Everyone makes it seem like these record labels are these traps and these devils and these this, that, and the third. But just like every... Thing in every company in america it's a business it's a business it's a business it's a business so just because you're an artist and that you love music and i and you love hip-hop and you're married you you, you you love the art which is which is amazing because a lot of people don't love the art they just love the money but you you love the art But I know damn well you love that money too. So stop fucking lying. I get it. You love the art more than you actually love the overall profit of things. They look at it, which is true. Record labels look at it as a business. They take people's talents and they capitalize off of them. Capitalize off of them. That's what it is. It's okay. It's a business. It's a business. You read the contract, or so they thought. Again, it's a business. If I hand you a contract, if I hand you a contract that states every single thing that I expect of you, that I want from you, that I need from you, and you sign it, I don't care whether you read it in front of me, take it home and read it, pretend like you're reading it, Whatever you are doing and whatever you do it before uh in the middle of me giving it you to you and you signing it is not my fucking problem. Right? It's not my problem because if you try to sue me, if you try to fuck up my business, quote unquote def jam, we're taking you to court. And you know what the you know what they're gonna say? You know exactly what they're going to say, right? This is this is exactly what the court the judge is going to say. Uh well, Mr. You know what what's his name? What's the dude's uh real name? Let me see. Logic's real name is <laughs> of, <laughs> of course. You know, of course, this this dude's name is this. Uh, His name is Sir Robert Bryson Hall II. I mean, Loki is a dope name, but it's also a very comedic name. It's actually a dope ass name, Sir. First of all, they got the Sir at the front, Sir Robert Bryson Hall II. I, hey, I, 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 hey, hey, Loki, Loki. I might name my son dad. Like, Sir? Sir Robert Bryson Hall II? That's a tight name. At first, I thought it was a little funny. But now that I'm actually reading it, it's 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 tight. Anyway, the judge is going to be like, um, Sir Robert Bryson Hall II, did you sign that contract? He's going to be like, yeah, I did sign a contract. But the judge going to be like, um... The case goes to, or uh, the ruling goes to Def Jam. You signed it. That's that's it. You signed a contract. I don't know what to tell you. You signed it. He gonna be like, but 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 I love the music, and he gonna and the judge gonna be like, but 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 get out of my goddamn courtroom. <laughs> Come on, guys. If y'all don't want to be trapped in this music, if y'all don't want to be trapped with these labels, don't sign the contract. That's it. That's all. You knew what the fuck it was you knew these record labels need deadlines you knew these record labels do things specific ways to plead you know these like don't do it don't do it just like made stallion i feel like i think um she was saying something about um uh she was saying something about her let me see She was saying something about um uh what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say? She was saying something about the record label about how they was fucking her. And she's she literally just got discovered a year and a half ago. Maybe Stallion and record Label One Five Zero One Certified Entainment are in a legal battle over her 2021 album "Something for uh, <laughs> Something for the the Hotties." Her label claims that it it's not technically an album to to the length of new material. Stallion filed a lawsuit against her record label on February 18. The lawsuit says the album is no less than 45 minutes and meets the label's terms. A month later, uh, 1501 countersuit claiming it only contains 29 minutes of new material. The rest being a compilation of older material. This is, this is what I'm, this is what I'm fucking talking about. Like, this is what I'm like, (laughs) let me see this. You know, I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to dig a little bit deeper for y'all. So she sued, she sued her record label in 2021, right? 2021, when did Meg the Stallion, let me see, when did Meg the Stallion get signed? So she got signed in 2018, right? She got signed in 2018. She sued her record label in 2021. About a three-year difference. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mortal story is: this is this is the moral story. Meg the, Meg the Stallion sued the record label for saying this is a full-length album. They're saying that it only contains new material and all the rest of it's older material. What I'm pretty sure somewhere in this contract, it says that we are looking for, we are looking for a full length album of new material. We are looking for a full length Apple or, oh my God, that Apple album of full material, new material, refresh material. But it's just like, Why? Why? Why, 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 why are you suing this record label for some shit like that? Make the new material. (laughs) I don't get it. I really do not understand if an album, or if the label says, okay, we need a full album. New material, boom, that's it, boom. New material. Then make an album with new material. You have so many connections that you could do kind of almost whatever you want and make any song that you want. You're already popping off. You can literally make a song that is mid that will still make the album and still be good to your fans. It all comes back to talent and money. Who has the talent, who has who wants the money? A lot of artists nowadays just want the money. That's all it's about. It's all about money. Look at all her, look at all Meg Thee Stallion's later releases, latest albums. They're all trendy-based music. They're not really anything that has any really big substance to it. They're all just this this one-lane music of just. Let me pop off, let me make a summer heat or a a summer hit. Let me call it a day. I don't give a fuck. I'm a millionaire now. I don't give a fuck. So I got to give logic. I have to at least give logic his props for, you know, stating that he doesn't care. He doesn't necessarily care about the numbers. He doesn't really care about the legal this, that, and the third All he really cares about is making music for his fans, releasing the music anytime he wants to, and calling it a day. But I guess Death Job isn't allowing that. So this is my counter defense for my last defense on a record label, is the actual artist itself. Now the actual artist itself is this entity. It's this fan-made entity. And Logic as himself, again, he cares a lot about the music and the craft, whether he does actually about the numbers and the graphs. Which is understandable. I get it. I understand. You're a man of craft, intelligence, and they're a man of numbers. But you signed the contract, bro. You signed it. It is what it is. Get over it. I'm sh- contracts don't last long. Contracts don't last forever. You know what? You haven't even, really even been in the mix. So shut the hell up. Please. This nigga hasn't even really been in the mix. This nigga talk about he wants to retire five times a year. This, this dude brings out one, one project in his mid. Hey, calm down. Just calm down. Start making music first, and then start arguing about music second. But respect to uh, logic, respect to Def Jam, respect to every single side of the story. You know, this is just my opinion. Coil Ray, y'all yeah, know who Coil Ray is—the Slim. Very, very attractive young lady that just popped off. The daughter of Benzo. Corey LeRae defends Trendsetter first week sales. Look at your favorite artist's debut albums. (laughs) I will, actually. (laughs) I will look at their albums after I read this article and then we'll get into it. Uh, Despite earning low first-week sales numbers for her debut album, Trendsetter, which actually wasn't a bad album, Carla Ray is optimistic about her future as an artist. On Friday, on Friday, 420 event opened up a critical response to the commercial sales of her Trendsetter album, which moved 9,000 units per week, or first week, after initially being projected to sell 11,000. I mean that's not really too too far off a number. it's not that crazy she was projected to sell 11k unfortunately she started 9k it's not that bad but at the same time those are some pretty low sales. those are some pretty low sales if I do sell myself that's like really really low. The Republic artist appeared to be unbothered by the numbers and actually owned them in a short two-minute-long video by expressing her belief that she's actually so popping the expectations people have for her are somewhat disproportionate. <laughs> Yeah, these artists are hilarious. She continues to explain that this is all part of her process as artists, which is true. I definitely agree with that. This is what she said. But if you do your research and look at your favorite artist's debut sales, come on, Corey Ray You know what I'm saying, question mark. So it's just, it's a stepping stone. It's part of the process. So I'm going to get to that one, 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 one quick little... One quick little moment, right? I'm gonna get to my favorite artist first week sales. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through three. I'm gonna go through three of them. First, I'm gonna go through J Cole, All right? J Cole. J Cole's first debut album was Cold World. The sideline story. All right. So the sideline story. <laughs> listen to this. Cold War, sideline story debuted its first da da da, in the first week it sold two hundred and eighteen thousand copies. Okay, 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 okay. It's J. Cole. It's Jay Cole. I get it. Now, let's go to... <laughs> let's go to Kendrick Lamar. Let's go to Kendrick Lamar's... You know what I mean? Let's go to Kendrick Lamar's first week sales. <laughs> All right? All right? Ooh, I get it. I get it. Kendrick Lamar. Actually, someone that is actually a way better artist than J. Cole. His first week's sales were 5,000 digital units. Impressive. Uh, Let's go to Drake. I can't believe... Well, it makes sense. It, it makes sense why J. Cole's debut album sold that much because, you know, J. Cole, when he popped off, he popped off on his mixtapes and his singles. So when he released, you know, his first album, it was a lot more speculation and a lot more like hits on his, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, Thank me later. Um, thank me later. First week sales was 447,000 copies, which was, you know what? I don't think, ah, that Kendrick Kendrick one has, has to be, it has to be, okay. You know what? Let me go to one of my favorite. Let me go to a good artist that I like that actually isn't that popular. So let's go to Joy Badass. Let's go to Joy Badass's first. Album, which was nineteen ninety nine. Right, nineteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, his first sale or his first week sales. (sighs) Ah, I don't know. First week sales forty seven thousand. I get what Cora Ray is saying. I, I understand what she's saying. She's basically saying this is nothing more than just a stepping stone. This is first week sales, which is true. This is nothing more than just strictly a, a stepping stone of your greatness. Going back to my favorite artist J. Cole, his first week or not first week, but his first project Cole World. Yes, it did do numbers. But he really didn't pop off with, you know, Cold World. He really did not pop off with Cold World. It was a good project. Amazing tracks. But when he really, 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 I mean, just popped off on the scene was 2014 Forest Hill Drive. That's when he was like, okay, I'm in my bag. I'm one of the best lyricists out. And this is why. And he proved it with that. That's when he really just plunged. Plunged up. Born Center and Cold World were definitely great albums, great projects that I listened to on... On occasion, not as much as twenty fourteen Forest Hill Drive and up, but great projects. I get Cor- I get what Corley Ray has, you know, said. You know, she's only just so new into this. You know, she's so new into the limelight. She's probably been making music way prior to her like big stardom, but she's still new in the limelight of things. I get it. I get it. You know there's a spot right now or there's there are several spots right now of the best the people with the legacy basically right are great in my day and age or not say not saying that like i'm old but i'm 24 finna be 25 very very soon the greats in my category, in my book, are people like Cole, Kendrick, um, Wayne, Yay, Nikki. Uh, you know, those people. Everyone in that age group, in that category, those are my greats. Those are the people that that's going to be put down in history to be the best of the best of what they do. Just like they put Little Kim. Uh, just like they put J, Diddy, and, and, and 50, M, Eminem. Like, those are the greats of a time before the greats of my time, right? So those are the greats. Now, there are spots right now that need the greats, right? There are so many spots open and vacant, and it's just so many artists, especially... In this day and age, in this time, that can build their empire to be the greats, maximize their albums, maximize their money, maximize their fans, and there's just so much. To be honest, I feel like Roddy Rich is going to be definitely in place within the greats. I feel it. I feel it. I- I'm saying it now. He's got to keep going. But Coil Ray. As a female artist, especially nowadays, where female artists are really popping off and they're really popularized, they're really one of like the most like consecutive people right now because they're the ones that's popping off and new. So those are the ones that are gonna be super consecutive and super persistent in making music. So Corey especially with the trends that she has, especially with the popularity that she has around her name, she can make it to the great if. She allows herself, or she allows herself to be in that category of great, 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 great hip hop and R and B artist. So I get it. I agree with her. This is nothing more than a step episode I feel like the album that she released, the Trendsetters album, was actually not that fucking bad. I liked it. It really, really showed a lot from. It really showed the diversity that she can be. From being r b to switching to hip-hop to switching to pop it really showed the the evolution that she can really 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 be with relating to drake she could be the female drake because nikki as an uh, uh as an artist she wasn't as versatile as she is right now nikki is not that as Corey uh, Corey Leray, this might be a hot take, Corey Leray is way more versatile than Nicki ever was. Nicki uh, paved her lane in hip-hop. She paved it. Now, she did have a lot lot of hits outside of that where she had more of a melodic tone and more uh, vocals on her tracks, but Corey Leray can literally transition her voice to a a complete R&B singer like people that we see from her and jasmine sullivan she can literally fit into any category she wants she can just she could literally do pop if she wants to that's versatile and that's versatile and it's crazy because she does it in a way that makes her sound like she's a part of that community when she all the r&b tracks on her trendsetter album it felt and sounded like she was an R&B singer. It felt and sounded like she was an R&B artist. When it came to the rap, it sounded like she was a female rapper. When it came to the pop and the more bubblegum rap and the more bubblegum pop stuff, like bleak bleak, it sounded like she was in that lane. My bets are on Corey. My bets are on Corey. All right. Um, it's also what she said. You know, you got to let bitches play the back. Coilery said in response to Banks remark, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you can't even feed into negative energy at the end of the day. What you put in this earth is always going to come back to you. So that's the energy you want to put out there. That's the energy she going to get. We all know what's up. Like, come on. I like that people are still learning as an artist. Even myself as an upcoming artist, you go through a developing stage, which is true. 100% facts. You learn a lot, and I feel like she just might be at that stage. You know, God forgives, so in the future, you know, what the fuck is she saying? She might look back at it and might want you to like, you know what? I wish I would have looked at things different. I apologize. Maybe I want to go about things differently. That's what a real bitch might would not. I don't You know what? I don't know what the fuck she's talking about, to be honest. And basically what I'm saying is, I'm on Coilerae's side. I'm full-fledged Coilerae as the big popping R&B, or a uh, uh, female rapper. I don't listen to a lot of female rap. It's true. I don't. Okay? I I can't get into it as much, but I acknowledge it. I listen to it, but it's just, there's never been a female artist. You know what? I'll scratch that. There's never been an artist in this new upper coming age that I really, 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 really gravitate to as much as I do, Riley right, Rich, and on a female perspective, Coyle Ray. 100%. 100%. So I'm on Coyle Ray's side, I'm sticking with her, she's it. She's the one. Keep doing your thing. Fuck the negativity. Fuck the critics. Keep making music. And keep, just, just, keep grinding, girl. Keep grinding. Um, Pusha. Pusha T uh, released his, I guess you can say, Much Anticipated. Should I say Much Anticipated? Who anticipated Pusha T's album? I really didn't. But, much anticipated, it's almost dry album. Now, Hip Hop DX gave it a 3.8 out of 5. That's not that low, but that's not that high. Right? Uh, a lot of people, maybe if you're a hip hop fan, if you're a music fan in general, then you know has a website called the album of the year right where a lot of people come in whether it be critics and or just regular people on album of the year the critic score which is you know all these higher based companies and stuff like hip-hop dx and rolling stones and uh clash and stuff like that. They come in and review the album, blah blah blah. Now critic critically, he got a 79, which is a good little 80, which is passing. User uh, based, which is you know, just regular people, just regular listeners. Regular listeners, they get also gave him a 79, which means that his album is a very decent slash um above average album. Just a couple reviews, kind of a critic reviews. I'm kind of read out. You know, this is from Rolling Stones. The rapper's fourth solo album presents a well balanced portrait of a complex man with some serious burdens on his heart. Dope. This is Clash. Uh, Pusha T still reigns in the creativity across the album's twelve track span. It's almost dry as a Reveting journey from first to last. Hip Hop DX gave it a 76 at 100. It's almost drives a good rap record delivers a few hard-hitting tracks, some great production and bar for bar excellence by one of the best rappers in the game. But the album lacks the bite of pad releases. I agree with that. I really, really agree with that. Now, I don't really know... Put your T. All that well. I really never listened to him, but I did listen to his album. Like, I listened to this new one. And I agree with that. I, that's something that I really, really do agree with. The production on here was by far really, really... Be, better than his last. His bars, pretty good. But... It was definitely something missing from this album that really just made me... I don't know. Like, the production outdid itself. I feel like the production was the best part of the album, for sure. The, the best part. The bars, of course, good. Blah, 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 but the production really did outshine everything on the album. Probably because a lot of people... I mean, he, he he's connected with a lot of different up, like, really, really high stature people. Like Kanye, uh, Pharrell. Like, these people are amazing at production. But it definitely missed something. It missed like this drawing in kind of metric. Maybe that's what he wanted to do. Maybe he has surpassed so much stuff that he's just trying to make something outside of his norm. Eh, Who knows? So this is some of the user reviews. Just regular, regular, regular listeners that listen to the album on a regular day basis like me and you. This is just some some small things. Um, it's almost dry, is as its name suggests. No sharp enough, or not sharp enough to scare. Not c- not consistent enough to shine as it should. True. If we see the glass as half full, we can say that it remains an interesting adventure. That's interesting. Wow, this review was super long, but I'm going to read it. Excuse me. It's no surprise to say that Pussy has been sitting comfortably at the table of hip-hop's greatest for 20 years now. True, he will be a legend in the uh, the table or whatever. Whether it's with Clips, the group with his brother in the two thousands, his solo career, the following decade until the presidency of the label Good Music of Kanye West, which he crushes everything in his path. All right, let me just let me let, let me cut to it. Let me just cut to the good stuff. <clears throat> The lyrical and technical ease of Pusha T is still brilliant enough, and the instruments are really interesting, which is true. The the production was very, very unique. It really sounded like a very—it literally sounded like a mashup between a Kanye and a Pharrell. Like, if you don't have Pharrell produces music, it's like with this like kind of like I would say futuristic and non-explored slides and drum beats from you know the the uh, the beat packs mixed with Kanye's kind of upbeat and more 808s. I definitely got to agree with that, for sure. Um, yet, let's say it's hard to explain what the magic is. The very bouncy and um, musical temperance gives the impression that Pusha T is not on the same page. It's two strangers trying to communi- communicate with success. Now that is, that is so... You know, this guy... Who is this guy? This guy is named Double Z. I gotta give it to him. I gotta give it to him. That's what it is. That's what it is. The beat itself, the beat to production, sounds like... It, it It just sounds like it should be with someone else. I have to... It just seems like there's... Yeah, there's two strangers. Like, Pusha T was like, okay... Hey, I need a crazy beat. And Pusha, as an artist, recognizes a dope-ass beat, makes the dope-ass bars, lyrics to that dope-ass beat, but it doesn't seem like he is supposed to be or he owns that beat. Like, he's not supposed to be attached to that beat or that production style. Right? Right? But we see that from a lot of artists nowadays. We see that. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of the production on his album were really, really like this, 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 this. It, it was like, it was supposed to be attached to a weird guy in a way. You know, weird people like Kanye or Cuddy. Weird people like Pharrell. You know, these weird, weirdos. No defense or no like um um crit like I'm not criticizing them saying that they're weird but they have that weird music stuff that we don't really hear. Pusha T when he came up he was really making more of like uh, this trap based music. So now that he's transitioning from more of like the trap based and more into this weirdo music. It definitely feels like two strangers are meeting, and it's like this—it's connecting, like they're they're communicating, but it's like this odd and uncomfortable communication and connection, huh? That's that's dope. Yet the album is full of good ideas. We feel that Pusha T wanted to write a new chapter in his career on its almost dry. The beats are re- uh, relatively futuristic, like I stated while Pusha tries to uh, vary his flow palette at the expense sometimes of his natural uh, charisma. That's true, that's crazy. So I'm constantly moving my head on the whole album hoping that the additional listening will make me understand things that I missed, but nothing comes. Strangely or not, it is especially the chipmunk soul formula of Kanye, that attracted my attention the most. Like I said, the production is this, this weird old stuff. And no one does weird old production, weird old beats than people like Kanye, people like Cuddy, people like Pharrell, like Tyler. No one does it better than these people. So when a person that could drastically is not even a part of that kind of era and not a part of that that genre tries to be a part of it, it just sounds it sounds good, but it just doesn't necessarily feel like he's the person for the job. <laughs> Let me keep reading. Kanye the Trashman. For example, Dream of the Pad doesn't present anything more than that, uh, more than what Daytona has already offered. But right away we feel a spark of more. Like I said. Attention, I do not say that the work of Pharaoh is not good. On the contrary, I repeat it is really a story of cohesion. When the rhyme is slower, Pusha T manages better to tame the production like Call My Bluff or Neck My Wrist, uh, Neck and Wrist. On the contrary, Pusha T is sometimes isolated in his own song as on Scrap It Off, where the universe corresponds more to his guest than, uh, than him, really. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. I I love reading these reviews because it really opens up my mind to just a lot more other things. I think basically that this album is too ambitious in its concept. Instead of trying to put forward the realizations of a perfect, uh, interpretation or interpretation, interpretation. Y'all know me. The rich production seems to, uh, too bloated, which makes Pusha T uh, systematically try to run behind the train. That's so crazy. Well it certainly works well on the album as a whole, much better on songs like Da 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 Da, it is as if It's Almost Dry, the album name, sounded like a kind of a training ground where Pusha T and his team try to work the mechanics, explore some risk-taking, some experimentation, some... how... The work seems to be still far from being really refined. It's even more disappointing when we're talking about a legend who almost never fails. That's nuts. That is nuts. That is fucking nuts because that is literally what it is. That is nuts. I mean, but the thing, you know what the thing is about this? Yeah, it sounds like it, it more sounds like more of an experiment, but more of like a mixed and mastered experiment, more than like, you know, something that's unmastered and untamed and this, that, and the third. The album itself, the album in the whole was a good album. The production was good. The lyricism was good. The The features that they had corresponded with the production. It was, it was a good, cohesive, well-rounded album, but, 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 but it didn't really feel like Pusha. But again, I can't really talk and say too much about Pusha T, about who he is and what he represents, because I've never really been in attracted to Pusha T. Um, as much as I have been lately ever since his last project that was produced completely from Kanye West. And that's the whole reason why I even gravitated to that was because Kanye West produced the whole album for him. Right? With what, Daytona? But, 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 I feel like he's trying to, or he has accomplished so much within his music career that he's trying to expand and experiment with different sounds and productions and feels and vibes and, and templates, you know, which is okay. I mean, he's an artist that's so far gone and it's assessed in the, in, in the legend status that it doesn't matter kind of the experimentation that he goes with. It's still gonna sound like a well-rehearsed, well-cohesive album, which what it is. I like it. I liked it. Um i probably will go back to it neck and wrist was probably my favorite uh track off of it the one with pharrell um that was pretty good i really really did enjoy that but that wraps it up for this week's conversations in the calf let me know what y'all think man haven't already definitely follow the ig the discovery cafe all i gotta do is type in the t-h-e discovery cafe Follow it. That's where most of my updates are going to be at. Uh, Discovery Cafe is nothing more than a hub for my YouTube channel slash the podcast um, channel. So definitely go comment, subscribe. Just just go in there and explore. Explore explore your mind, body, and soul. And we're going to catch y'all next time here on The Calf. Peace.